an honor to be able to serve with them and just to be able to um, uh, just come every Sunday. Come Thursday nights too. We come and we rehearse together and just get to know them and love them and enjoy just being around talented, gifted people. And some of them are incredibly talented and gifted back there. Um, and, you know, the process of this uh, EP that we've been able to go through, Unchanging, uh, these five songs that... Uh, Hopefully some of you guys have been able to hear we sang Unchanging as uh, the second song today, and that last one that we just sang was off the EP, but just amazing to be able to work together with guys like Zach and John and uh, Josh and uh, Deanna too, Deanna that you get to see every week, amazing, wasn't, that, wasn't her song awesome that she did? Give her a round of applause, Deanna. And Mr. Adam Burrell, who, I don't know if you guys have heard that spoken word, but wasn't that awesome? A spoken word uh, that he did, and we're going to get to hear that next Sunday. So that's coming up. We will get to hear Adam doing that next Sunday, um, and Dave will be back. Dave is off um, on a uh, marriage retreat with his bride uh, in Monterey. So isn't that great? Yes. Um, so yeah. So it is. It is a complete pleasure and honor to be able to to be able to work with this team. And you know, we believe firmly in being out in the community. So if you guys like the worship team. We are going to be out this Saturday at the uh, Parade of Lights in Old Elk Grove. And we're going to be having a float to go down. We did this last year. And we're going to just worship right there in Old Town Elk Grove as we drive the float down. Um, so if you guys want to come out, support us. Pretty cool. We're going to be handing out um, uh, flyers for the Christmas Eve services. They're going to be coming up. We did it last year. Got just huge um, uh, applause and people just really enjoyed us and said that uh, that it was a great way to be able to know what we're doing, know that we are going to worship with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And so we're going to do it. We're going to do it there. So come check us out at the parade. And I just want to also just say before I get started, um, thank you to um, our pastor Dave. Dave is an incredible guy. I have been here. My wife and I were. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. My. My uh, wife and I have been here, we were calculating it up um, before we were kind of prepping this sermon and realized I've been go we have been going to Sun Grove for 10 and a half years, which, it, which is amazing. And it's a testament really to what God has done because there are some of you out there that remember when Sun Grove was uh, meeting in a cafeteria with a handful of people and we were singing there on a stage and we were moving everything in and, and bringing it all in as, as roadies and band and setting it all up every Sunday and God and God has Dave has really sought out God's vision for this place and Dave and God have have really come together to be able to make this place what it is today amen so would you give a hand for what God has done it's pretty awesome to see the last I would be remiss if I didn't mention one more team and that is turn around everybody and give a hand to the sound team that does this every week these guys, the video team, the audio team, um, so much stuff here. They're just tools that we use, but these people really bring it to life, and they're what really help make um, our Sunday experiences and all throughout the week amazing. So I really, I really say thank you to you guys, um, and hats off, because you guys are our uh, kind of unsung heroes um, of uh, Sunday morning. All right, well, we are going to be digging into this concept of unchanging, and Dave and I had this dream that this was going to happen, and here we finally are, and this series has been amazing. Um, Dave has been uh, walking us through um, unchanging and what it means to believe in an unchanging God. And today we're going to unpack this question. 
How does an unchanging God change the way I live? How does an unchanging God change the way I live? It should change it, right? I mean, it's just not just a concept that we should just kind of put out to the side. It should actually change our day-to-day life. So we're going to get into that. Hebrews 13.8, we've been going through this verse um, over the series, but let's recite this. Let's do this together. I love it when the, the uh, body of Christ comes together and we, we speak the word of the Lord. Let's say this. Would you say this with me? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's good news. Is that good news? That's great. Um, you know, you think about this, this kind of idea came up because I have had a lot of conversations with people. Um, and, and, you know, there were people that were really kind of on the fence. And, and this is kind of this theme I've seen from some of my friends that aren't walking with Christ. And they say, you know what? Well, God changes. You know, I mean, that was maybe true then. But, but that's, that's not true now. You know, the Bible was maybe true for, for those people. But, you know, it changes. The Bible doesn't change. Amen? Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, and that's pretty cool because a lot of things change, right? Not a lot of things stay the same. Teenage social media platforms don't stay the same, right? Um, uh, Phone, mobile phone charger cords, they never stay the same. They keep constantly changing. Um, I, I've got like I've got this rat's nest, this ball of car of car chargers and cell phone chargers. It's a racket. They're trying to get our money. Well, and it's working, but <laughs> but they constantly change. Or how about this one? Sacramento Kings coaching staff does not stay the same, right? Jeez, good night. It's just like you just look at all these guys. I'm hoping though, Dave. Jorger, Jager, right? This the, the new guy. I'm hoping he's around for more than a year. That's what I'm hoping. And what happened to George Carl, though? He was such a good coach. Well, I, I thought it was going to be the guy. He was going to bring the era. You know the era here? Okay, no. All right. Some of you guys are like, Matt, I stopped watching the Kings a long time ago. There's hope. There's hope for the Kings. I believe. I believe. Or take medical advice, right? Medical advice does not stay the same. So, right, a hundred years ago, you know, if you scraped your, scraped your knee, hey, take a little mercury, you know, rub a little mercury in your knee. It's, it's this great stuff. You know, you got a headache, you know, rub it on your head. What did we realize? It's poison. Mercury is complete poison. And uh, it causes hallucinations and stomach bleeding and all kinds of crazy things, and it, it's poisonous. Bayer was selling heroin for a cough a hundred years ago. So heroin. I'm sure it cured your cough, but... <laughs> Right, and how about this one, all you young parents, uh, baby advice, I remember my wife and I were just talking about this, you know, when we, when we, when we had, you know, our, our children, I remember James was our firstborn, He's stand, sitting right there, James, um, and so we had James, and they said, okay, now when you lay him down to sleep, they have to lay on their back, they have to lay on their back, so I'm talking to my mom on the phone, she said, so um, when you were growing up, that you have to lay on your stomach, and I said, mom, they just said that I have to lay on the back the whole time because of SIDS. She's like, well, that's not what they told me, and you turned out just fine. You guys may differ. You may differ. You may say that I, I didn't turn out just fine, but constantly changing. It doesn't stay the same. I'm glad we're not basing our lives off of medical advice. I can't only imagine what kind of medical advice is going to be here in 50 years. Probably everything we're doing is, you know, going to be backwards, and cell phones are going to be, you know, have to be placed in some case or something because it's poisonous, but um, who knows? 
But this brings us to our first point. Number one, God's, God remains the same, and so does his word. God's word is unchanging. By the way, speaking of, of one other thing, I just I love that I got to see Mike Millett's hair. One other thing that doesn't stay the same. I got to, love that I got to see Mike Millett's hair and, and Dave's hair. We've all weathered our fair share of interesting hairdos. Um, there's one right there. That's an interesting hairdo. You guys remember American Idol, the first season? Kelly Clarkson was against who? Justin Guarini. There, that, that was my best impersonation of Justin Guarini. Okay, get that off the screen. All right. <laughs> Bad hairdos. They need, hairdos need to change. They don't need to stay the same. All right. Well, God's word is unchanging. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And that is good news. How awesome is that to know? That we have the manual, the instruction guide to life, and it's not, you know, some encyclopedia that gives us advice to go, you know, rub mercury on your scraped knee. This is the truth, and it doesn't change. Amen? I can pass this on to my kids. I can, I can relay this to, you know, friends that are going through tough stuff, and I know that this is truth. This is unchanging. I think that's a beautiful thing. God's word is unchanging. Now, just... Just having it, though, doesn't mean anything if we don't apply it to our lives, right? So we all kind of go through these, you know, these transformations of how we interact with the Word. I remember, anybody ever been to camp, right? You get up early in the morning, maybe, or, or your counselor gets you up early and says, okay, guys, we're all going to do devotions. You go off. I remember I had to take like 20 minutes to find the perfect rock, you know, and I wanted the stream going here and everything. I got the sequoias and open up my Word, and, and it's just like this amazing experience. I'm just like, that's what... That's what the word is like. That's what it should be like every day, right? And then that flash forward to me now, and I'm waking up. I've got my four-year-old right here. She's telling me, we've got to turn on Elena Vavilor on the DVR. i got my other son, my six-year-old, you know, Jackson, saying, Dad, I need my apple cinnamon Cheerios to have milk in them. And it's just this, our mornings and our lives are so much more busy. And so it's difficult sometimes to carve out that time in the word, isn't it? It's difficult to figure out how do we, how do we get that truth how do we have God's unchanging word change how we live? Well, Katie and I were, um, we, we were definitely uh, challenged by Dave. Remember a couple months ago we talked about seizing the mornings. Remember that? Talked about seizing the mornings and really making them be peaceful times. And especially as parents, they can be so chaotic. What can we do to really make these uh, really peaceful experiences that are really centered on the word? So we, my wife took this upon herself, and she, as they come in, which is you know, about 6.30, 6.40, still dark outside, and she flips open the version app, right, version, Y-O-U version, uh, great app, we've got great Wi-Fi here, if you need to download it right now on the app store, go for it, um, version. but there's a verse of the day, every day, in the version app, and she just reads that, and reads that to our kids, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to start off with the unchanging word of God. Amen? And we, we have seen even just a, the way that that, you know, kind of affects our mood and the way that we kind of go about life that day. We were able to just kind of chew on that word. Obviously, you know, Saturday mornings we like to walk through Proverbs or do, do some other things with a little bit more, you know, time on it. But that's just good sometimes just to get a short word. So that was good for me. Maybe it would be good for you. That's why I shared it. Um, Okay, that brings us to point eight. Knowing, believing, and living out the word of God. It's not just a thing to have it. We gotta know it. We gotta believe it. We gotta live it out. 
Amen? James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. So, any of you guys in a community group? Community group, we love it. We've been here for quite some time. Um, and we got invited on the very first day. I, sometimes, I, a lot of times I say, I mean, that's, that's why we're here, because we got invited into a community group. We were able to build relationships on the first day that we ever came to Sun Grove. Met Ronnie Crowley at the front, got invited to a community group at the meet and greet. So that's why I'm always going to do meet and greet, by the way. For those of you who don't like it, I like meet and greet. <laughs> it's an opportunity to meet people. And it's an opportunity to invite people. But um, community, I love community group. And, you know, we, wanna, we really try. We're not perfect people by any stretch of the imagination. But we try to live out what it talks about in Scripture. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Fourth of July, our community group gets together. We have a blast. Um, we, the last several years, you know, I bring out my speakers. We get the kids, you know, playing, uh, doing all kinds of things. We put, try to put out the basketball goal. And we just, there's no agenda. We just have a good time. We just rejoice with those who rejoice. We celebrate. And, you know, I play my music, try to choreograph, you know, the uh, fireworks to the finale, you know. Anyway, that's me. But, you know, rejoice how you want to rejoice. But, um, but mourn with those who mourn. A couple weeks ago, we had a, um, uh, a couple come in, and they shared the news with us that um, a young relative had just received a terminal diagnosis and was given six months to a year to live. And so... You know, we just were like, we're not going to go through Acts and Romans like what we were planning to do. We're going to sit and we're going to listen and we're going to pray. And so we just took the time to do that. And so um, we need to be knowing, believing, and living it out. Amen. We don't always do that, but uh, I believe that that's, that's, uh, that's a, a one practical way. And I love to be able to, to live it out in relationships. And by the way, you know, this is not like the comprehensive way of, of being changed by the unchanging God, but hopefully some of these. Uh, points I, I think um, have really spoken to me in my life, and so I hope I hope that they might uh, uh, be helpful for you. Okay, the next one is to know His Word is to experience the power of God. To know His Word is to experience the power of God. It says in Hebrews four twelve, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's powerful. It's the power of God in the, in, in the Word. Amen? My, uh, my grandmother, her name's Grandma Olenberger. She is a staunch German lady. She lives in the Midwest. She lives in Kansas, 94 years old. Um, she speaks German just as good as she speaks English. And I remember uh, um, her being somebody that we would always go around her house and she would uh, play the piano when I was young and she would, she would sing and she loved to hear her family worship and sing. That's part of the reason why you've got, you know, this, uh, this thing right here. But uh, we come from just a, just a family that just loves to worship. Well, uh, in the last three or four months, she's kind of declining in health and um, she developed a blood clot in her leg, a couple other uh, health complications and so... Uh, she was, you know, whisked into the intensive care unit, um, and we heard, and we were all praying for her, and, and my mom, you know, jumped on a plane and headed out, and she, you know, w you know got to the bedside, and there's other family there, but, you know, inevitably, as, as, as it happens, as you start, you know, getting to that age, you know, there was times that she was there, and, and there was nobody there, and she'd say that she'd wake up in the middle of the night, and mom said, you know, you know how are you doing, you know, how is that, you know, do you, do you want me to stay, and she's like, you know, she's like, Charlene, she's like, I have the peace of the Lord. I have 
the Lord. And she, she said, whenever I'm, you know, I'm, I wake up in the middle of the night, say, you know, uh, I say Psalm 23. For, you know, yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And it's just a beautiful thing to see the way that she took the word and was experiencing the power of God, the peace of God that comes from knowing it and believing it and living it out. And um, I aspire to that, right? I aspire to, at the end of my days, to have, she's got nothing, she's got no, no families there, she's away from her home, she's in some empty, cold hospital room. We'll all end up there, um, if we're lucky, uh, to be able to live that long. But uh, that's, that's what I aspire to. That's what I believe is, is believing it um, and knowing it and living it out. So it, it, is, it is the power of God. All right, so that's the word. God's word is unchanging. It remains the same. All right, point two of how does an unchanging God change the way I live? We are called to always be giving thanks. Amen? Always be giving thanks. Ephesians 5.20 says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um. And, oh, by the way, you know what? We, I skipped verse 19. I need to read that to you here. It says, this is why, you're going to know why. Uh, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Oh, guys, it says right here you need to be singing. Hello. I'm the music guy. I have to read verse 19. That's, you know, that's just the way that goes. No, but always be giving thanks. And here we are right on the cusp of Thanksgiving, right? Does everybody love Thanksgiving? I just love this is a great holiday. What an awesome thing that we have a time that we have to, that we literally have to stop. Well, some people I know don't, but uh, most people do. And we take time to stop and to be able to give thanks, to be able to come with grateful hearts. I can remember very well it being this beautiful time where I'm around with family. It's one of those times where, you know, it's almost even different than Christmas in a certain way because you, you'll hear, you know, family members share uh, maybe maybe thoughts or, or maybe something deep. We would always go around and we would share, you know, what we were thankful for. And I remember I remember distinctly hearing my uncles and my grandmother and my grand and they were talking and it was it was things that you know I'll never forget. But it was it was a grateful spirit, thankful spirit. I love our I love this holiday. And and by the way, I believe firmly that Thanksgiving has two camps. One camp that loves cranberry gelatin in the can, you know, that comes out, and the people that don't. Right, so you've got those people, right? No? <laughs> people are like, what is cranberry gelatin? But it's that can thing. Yeah. Thanksgiving's interesting too, by the way. You know, it's like they, they've got, why do we have two potato dishes? You know, we've got like mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes. It's just a lot of potatoes. Could we diversify a little bit here? You know, I, although I love them both. I love them both. They must have had a lot of potatoes on that first Thanksgiving. So that's, that's fine. Um. But um, hopefully we are, we, are, we are grateful people. I've got a grateful person here. Um, he's my six-year-old, Jackson. And I would like, I think all my, all my kids are grateful. This, uh, this guy actually did a project here. Um, and so I wanted to point this out. But now, now cut him a little slack because he's in kindergarten and he, he uh, spelled all these words himself. He did this all by himself. So he said, I am also thankful for James, which is his brother, and Ava, Cabo, which he spelled that phonetically, and he did it good, right? Bo, that's how Bo sounds. Cabo, which is our chocolate lab, big dog, goes to the dog. And Chi-Chi, God, oh, yes, something did something right. Or somebody maybe did in Sunday school. And 
mom and dad. Yes, I made it. Woo. <laughs> right at the very end, Cole and Colin. Uh, but just awesome to see when you start to see that thankfulness. And I hope that my kids would begin to uh, get some of that value um, from us, from the word that, uh, that we should be thankful, thankful people. Okay, um, sub point A there. It's not happy people who are thankful. It's thankful people who are happy. Right? It's not happy people who are thankful. It's thankful people who are happy. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, amazing guy, in Germany, uh, a preacher in Germany, um, right at the rise of the Nazi regime, uh, could have left Germany, but decided he was going to stay uh, and continue to preach the word, stay true to his convictions. The last two weeks uh, before the Allies actually um, uh, freed, you know, the whole area and the prisoners, uh, Hitler gave a mandate that he be executed. And here, here's a guy facing incredible challenges and yet is known for his attitude. It's not happy people who are thankful, it's thankful people who are happy. I will say too, I, I know somebody in my own life that is a perfect example of this, and here he is right here. He's also here today, and that's my brother-in-law, Mr. Chris Faith. Yeah, you can give him a hand. So Chris is, a, is an amazing guy. Chris, I met this guy when I first met my wife. Um, it's like around 15, 16 years ago, and when I met Chris, I, this guy loved me from the minute he met me. He had no reason to love me. I didn't do anything to him. I didn't, you know, and he loved me, but that's because that's who he is. He's a person who makes the best of his situation, a person who is grateful, a person who is thankful. And here's a guy who, right, he might even actually have a good reason to, to be somewhat, you know, frustrated or, or say things are a little bit harder than maybe they are for, for other people. And he, he's not mad. He makes the best of that situation. Got an amazing attitude. And, I mean, he's a generous spirit, too, I will say. Chris, very generous spirit. Not anything you haven't heard before. Um, but he, he loves music, so we did have that right away. So that was one of the reasons that we were able to connect. Um, but, but he did like me before we even knew that, I will say. But, uh, but so he loves to go to music, and he will take me to concerts. He'll just call me up say, hey, Matt, got another, you know, got more concert tickets. You going to take me? And he needs somebody to drive him, so I'm more than happy to always do that. Now, we've gone to some good concerts, like Coldplay, Paul McCartney. He took me to Paul McCartney, which, bless you, brother. That was, that was beautiful, but, which was great. Um, but then he's also taken me some. I'm not as thrilled about Josh Groban. Eh, could have done without it. But, no, he's good. Josh Groban's good. The one I was, a, was probably the most questionable on was the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Yeah. But I went because I love you, bro. I love you. I love you. And you know what? We have a blast, don't we? So I, I <laughs> oh yeah. I love being able to, uh, to hang out with him and just have him pour into me, a guy who is joyful, who is thankful. He's a guy that, as goes to our next point, chooses, right? Point B says, I will choose to rejoice and be glad. Remember that song, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. If you haven't done that one here, I apologize that all that much. But it is a good song. I sang it all growing up. Um, but it's a choice to choose to rejoice and be glad. It, you know, uh, my worship team, I, I mentioned we come in on Thursday nights and we come in to rehearse. And so we'll get here at about 7 o'clock. And what we do is we spend the first 15 to 20 minutes just going around the circle and sharing prayer requests and praying 
you know, for somebody else. And I'm amazed because, you know, we'll, we'll have, you know, somebody coming in, they're learning a new song, and, and then they share, you know, something really heavy that's going on in their life or a family member that they're losing. Or, and, and yet they come and they bring their best. And, you know, they may be here on Sunday morning, and you guys have absolutely no idea what's going on in their lives, but they've made a choice. They made a choice to choose to rejoice and be glad because we always have something to be grateful for. Don't we, amen? We always do. We've always got something. And I've found in my own life, you know, there's been Sundays that it's not the easiest to come up. But what I've found is, is that when I come, and I come with that faithfulness, and I have that spirit where I'm going to come, and I'm going to give of myself, I'm going to surrender, it's amazing. God restores me. God, a lot of times, that's healing for me, a lot of times. I don't know if it is for you guys, but sometimes that's healing for me. And, and so, um, so it, it's a choice. It's a choice, and we have to make that. And hopefully we're people that as we grow in maturity and, and, and we're discipled, that we, we, we make that choice, you know, more and more often, and we're able to, 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 um, to rejoice in the fact that we are saved by the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's always something to give uh, thanks and praise for. Okay. Um, well, uh, next point is give thanks for the peace of God. Give thanks for the peace of God. Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone. I went to India um, with Dave and with Angel Warrior, who goes here uh, in February. And um, I got to tell you, uh, Angel is absolutely living up to her name, Angel Warrior. So we go there, and I'm sure you guys have heard her talk, but... We were standing outside, um, um, it's called a sex worker village, where unspeakable stuff goes down, and it's pretty much understood that that's what this village is. And, and I mean, really, a, kind of a dangerous place, right? And Angel's, you know, we're standing outside, and we're kind of standing in the group, and I'm, you know, there with Dave, and Angel kind of looks at us and she says, so guys, you know, this is, you know, we're praying right now, and we're going to pray for this, and so we're praying for this village, and, and, then, and then she says, okay, now we're going to walk right down the middle of it, and we're going to keep praying. We're just going to walk straight through it, and we're just going to keep praying. And, and Dave, you know, Dave knows the drill. They're already walking. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And the other pastors and I kind of looked at each other, and I thought to myself, you know, this is not a situation that maybe I, I necessarily would have put myself in you know, back in the States or something like that where I kind of know full, have full awareness. But, but I mean, following the conviction of, of Angel, and, I mean, she knows – Obviously, she knows what she's doing, but um, it, it still had danger. And so we walked through, and, you know, we, we felt the spiritual oppression. We saw the scowls. But it was, it was one of those moments where, I mean, we had to put our trust completely. Our safety was, was in the hands of the Lord. We've got to trust in that. That's a very real thing, right? The unchanging God changes the way we live. You know, we don't sit there and go, well, uh, obviously, we have to use precautions. But, um, but, we, but we, there, there are moments that we have to rely on faith. We have to trust in God. And obviously, that's not always physical, and it, you know, it means a lot more than that. There's financial security here, and there's emotional and relational, and there's so many other ways that we can trust God and that we can trust Him for our safety. Amen? So we have to do that. Um, okay, next point is put your hope in our unchanging God. So we, we've got to put our hope in our unchanging God. Psalm 62, 5 through 7 says, Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. 
I was I was getting my haircuts with my two boys, and we go we go off to supercuts, and my son was up there getting his haircut, and I'm flipping through Time magazine, and I'm reading an article. It's talking about uh, the rising stats, the way that these stats are climbing for anxiety and depression in, in young people, and the way that they're just continually on this upward trend, and professionals are continually trying to understand, you know, what is it that we need to do and what what is it that's changing you know within uh, our society or the way that we kind of approach these kinds of things and you know I sat there and I thought well I mean these are professionals obviously trying to figure it out from one stance I mean as a Christian I'm going to say we got to put our hope and our faith in God but that's not just like an easy answer and I sat there going well you know it's easy to say well they you know they've got anxiety and this group and I started to look at myself and I go you know, well, you know, do we, do we have anxiety as parents? And I started thinking about, you know, my kids and what kind of examples. And I started to say, you know, if we're going we're gonna to change this, we've got to be the generation as parents and as adults and as mentors that are really putting our hope in Almighty God, right? Right, guys? It's not in, you know, whether or not we get 53 likes on our Instagram page or whether or not we, you know, you know get what we've, you know, dreamed of. It, it's, it's about putting our hope and God and his purpose being accomplished, his kingdom coming, just like Jesus prayed, right? So um, that just, I don't know, that, that hit me, and I just felt, God, you know, what can we do? What are the steps that I needed to, to continue to do to when things get anxious, when things get stressful, how can we be this example for, for the next generation coming up to put our hope, to put our hope in, in our unchanging God? Well, you may be sitting here today, you may be kind of, you know, you know, saying, well, this is, this is good, you know, worship guy, this is kind of interesting, what you're saying here about unchanging, and you got your, you know, your song, or whatever that is, and all that, but, you know, for me, I, uh, you know, I, I've just, maybe this is what you're saying, I, I've read my Bible a little bit here, I kind of try to do it, but it kind of doesn't, you know, it doesn't take, and then I try to go to church now and again, and I kind of connect, not really wanting to really, you know, get too into it, um, and, I, you know, I'm just, I'm praying, but I'm just not seeing, you know, really what God's, you know, doing in my life. I just, it's not really, you know, coming together, and I prayed for these things, and he didn't come through, and, and I just feel like, you know, there's more things, and, and I think I, what I would say to that is, is that, you know, I've had the opportunity to hear a lot of young people and be able to mentor and, you know, be camp counselors, and I continue to, to kind of see these, these transitions where, where, um, and it's, it's lifelong, there, but there are definite moments when you're young, but there are also moments throughout your life, right, where people are kind of really questioning and, and kind of wondering. And, and the thing that I would say is, is that this, this goes in opposition, guys, to what America and what the world tells us. The world tells us that it's about us, right? The world says it's all about you. You need to realize, you know, this. You need to, you need to focus on yourself, put more time into, you know, yourself. And Here's the funny thing. Jesus came to basically flip the world system on its head. He said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. He said, I come to serve, not to be served. His ultimate act of being the king of kings and lord of lords was to die on a cross to be crucified. Amen? That's revolutionary. He said, pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. I thought it was all about me. Wait a second. That's not what Christ said. That's... That it runs counter to what the wisdom is that we're so this is not so the first thing I would say is 
This is not easy stuff. This is revolutionary stuff, but it's, it's paradigm-shifting stuff. And so growing into how we live that out, that's, that's not the easiest. I mean, look, we got a Bible full of disciples that struggled with it. Amen? It was not easy. Paul struggled. Peter struggled. I mean, so take heart in knowing that the struggle, the journey, is a part of the Christian walk. But, but what I think we also have to take stock is, is and if and I'm going to put myself in this for this illustration, is, is that, you know, a lot of times when I think about my own life and I think about what's keeping me from being the guy that God truly wants me to be, from truly trusting and, and completely living, uh, you know, in my unchanging God, I, and that what are the barriers that keep me from being really in that full relationship with God and being the guy that God wanted me to be. It's not, it, it's not necessarily people that misunderstand me or bad circumstances that aren't going my way or, you know, things that aren't just kind of working out right. It's not even necessarily the devil. The biggest obstacle for me connecting to Almighty God is me. Does anybody relate with that? It's me. Yeah. And, and I feel like it, it's because... You know, we're so focused on ourselves. We want the, our lives to be all about us. We, we want to have, you know, the, 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 the spouse that never gives us any grief. We want to have, you know, 53 Instagram likes, you know, for every post. We want to have, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever that may look like, the job, the better weather, the place that has the best weather, the, the best, there's all these lists, the best place to live, all these different things, you know, best weather, best everything, best, best. You know, it's like, well, what about, what about us, you know, or, <laughs> and... The reality of it is we get so focused that we, we miss the point that God is pretty clear. Jesus is pretty clear that this is our third point. It's not about me. It's not about me. And when we begin to have that perspective, things change. That's a perspective shift. That's a perspective shift. It's a kingdom uh, perspective. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I say this all the time, uh, we talk about this all the time on our worship team. This is like our worship arts verse. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, right? So that's, the world's telling us this thing, that it's about you. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Max Lucado puts it this way. In order to live the life God intended for us, we have to bump our life off self-centered. In order to, let me say that again. In order to live the life God intended for us to live, we have to bump our life off self-centered. And I don't know, you know, what your path to understanding that or, you know, this is, uh, you know, this comes in many different forms or maybe you, you kind of came to this realization in different ways, and it's a lifelong journey, I have absolutely no doubt. For, for me, I remember very vividly, freshman year, high school, I wanted community service, I, I joined this uh, interact club with Rotary, and I signed up to do Christmas baskets. And I was involved at my church, and you know, there was different things that we were doing, but this was a particularly different kind of a time. And I signed up uh, to go do that, and I got up on a truck, four o'clock in the morning, loaded all these turkeys, all these gifts in and we went and we delivered these to families that were low-income families in the area and I distinctly remember they said Matt it's your turn I grabbed a big box uh, 
had a big frozen turkey was about to fall off the bottom and all these different toys. And I walked up, this single mom answered the door, three kids all around her, the face on that mom that lit up like a Christmas tree it just melted my heart. And seeing these kids, absolutely, I mean, that was their Christmas. And they ran off with the toys. And I, I, I began to think right then and there, this is, this, is, this is beautiful. This is what the kingdom of God is about. This is what God talked about, love your neighbor as yourself. This is it, put into practice, living out um, uh, really what God has asked us. And so, um, you know, did I go do that every day? No, I began to live a life, but I began to try to shape my life around, okay, what, how can I continue to live, live this out? Um, I remember distinctly too, I was at Westmont and was ready to go to Lake Havasu for spring break. Spring break had a bunch of guys, we were all gonna go, and a guy walked in, remember there's always instrumental people in your life, right? Instrumental guy, he came in and he said, hey, I challenge you, I'm going to Mexico for a week. He said, you think you'd go to uh, Mexico and not go to Lake Havasu? And I looked at him and I was like, uh, I'm gonna think about it, and I remember I'm just like, oh man, why do you do that? Why do you have, now it's like gonna be plaguing my heart and mind. And uh, anyway, long story short, I went, completely uh, was like a life transformation moment to see, not only for me to be able to minister and work with these people, but to have them pour into me. The, the, the church down there in, in Mexico, I mean, vibrant and alive and people that were just living passionately out for the kingdom of God and living their faith out just inspired me. And uh, so again, another step, you know, not like the destination, because you don't come back and you're not a perfect person at all, but you begin to like, to work that out. So for me, I began to see that this is our very last point is is that I wanted to live for his glory I want to live for his glory and 1 Corinthians 10 31 says so whether you eat or drink whatever you do do it all for the glory of God do it all for the so that means you don't have to be you don't have to be the guys or the, the ladies you know singing up here or giving sermons whatever you do whatever you're called to wherever you're gifted whatever you do do it for the glory of God and that's fulfilling what God's purpose is for you, amen? Whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, um, I wanna, wanna share this story with you uh, to close. And, you know, for me, I, um, I remember thinking, well, you know, there's times in life, though, that I don't know that I really have to live for his glory, right? I, I mean, I'm kinda, can it kinda be about my glory, you know? Uh, remember when I was when I was in college and was just kind of trying to find my way and, and find an identity and, and really was kind of living for myself a, a lot of the time and you know just thought well you know what man we're gonna live forever you know it's like I mean we got years to do that and I began to realize through different events in my life that there is no time that's neutral we're not guaranteed anything and uh, I'll never forget so I was I was uh, I was driving uh, and actually at this time, this was shortly after I had graduated, but I was driving with Katie up Highway 5, and we were driving up, and uh, all of a sudden, I, well, I remember I was driving, and I had, uh, I was driving Katie's car, and she was sitting in the passenger seat. She was actually reclined, and um, for whatever reason, I firmly believe in, a in angels and in, um, you know, the Holy Spirit prompting us, and um, Katie sat up really quickly, uh, for no reason, really. We, we say that it, it probably was an angel that did, but she just sat up. She had been kind of sleeping. And, and all of a sudden, I'm listening to you 2 and I'm hearing Octung Baby. Remember that, that album? 
and uh, you know, till the end of the world was that song, and and I'm kind of turning it up, and literally in like a split second, a car came right across the the divider. Uh, they had had a blowout. They were uh, they were going fast, and they'd had a blowout, and they came right across, and they just plowed right into me, just boom. And I remember I had a split second. I just had a second. This was their car, and. I had a split second where I realized right before impact where I really thought, I, I, I remember I, I had time to barely just get the brakes on and we hit. And I remember thinking right before we hit, I thought, is this it? And I thought, is this it? You know, is this, is this the end? Am I going? You know? And this is our car and we hit. As soon as we hit, it was, it was a pretty horrific crash, but the the engine went flying that way and that way, and unfortunately, the the driver uh, was injured severely, and he unfortunately died on the way to the hospital. Um, and we were knocked unconscious. Uh, I remember thinking, you know, is this it? And we woke up. We both woke up, praise God, on the opposite side uh, of the highway, and we were facing the opposite direction, and they'd stopped traffic, and um, somebody was coming over and asking us, and, you know, uh, Katie, who was... We were not married at the time, but she'd broken her collarbone. And um, I mean, somehow, by miracle, the airbags and the seatbelt saved our life. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I sat there and somebody held my hand, and uh, Katie was whisked away in the ambulance. And, um, you know, he, this guy was praying with me, and which uh, was awesome because I was trapped in the car for like an hour, and they came with the jaws of life and they got me out. Um, but, I mean, we were banged and bruised, and she had a broken collarbone, but we were okay. And, you know, I, I guess I just share this to say is that we, we don't know how long we have. We, we, we've got we to gotta live for his glory right now. Amen? So I, I just ask, bow your heads and close your eyes as we close here. Um, if there's anybody here that... I want to give the invitation. If there's anybody here that has not taken that step of accepting Jesus Christ into your life, it's the best decision you'll ever make. You know, there, there is no time that's neutral. We, we, we only have moments. We, we only know what we have right now. So I would ask, pray with me. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ, I would give this invitation. Lord, I confess that I've tried to do things on my own and I've made a mess. I confess my sin to you, Lord. I acknowledge you as my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. I want to live for your glory. I want to live for your kingdom. I want it not to be about me. I want it to be all about you. And if anybody's here today, either you can look up at me or raise your hand or come talk to me afterwards. Um, if we want to pray with you, we want to make sure that you're connected, that you have the uh, just the support that you that you need. For the rest of you guys that are here, this is what I would say. If you only have moments to live, if wherever the situation may be, let's say you're in a car and you all of a sudden, you know you've only got moments to live. Let me ask you one question. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you've only got moments, are you, are you okay with, with where you're at right now? Are you happy with person that, that you are. I'm not saying we're perfect people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, are you going in the direction? Are you living by the word? Are you, are you, are you living for his glory and not your own? 
And that's what all I would ask. Uh, the last thing I would say is if you had only moments to say something to God and you were going to say a prayer of thanksgiving and you'd say, God, thank you for this. What would you say thank you for? And think about that this season. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.